Chapter Thirteen of Life of Saint Gerard Magella. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Life of Saint Gerard Magella, by Reverend O. R. Vassal Phillips. Chapter Thirteen. His Wonderful Life at Naples. The Redemptorist Fathers were, from an early period in the history of their congregation, in possession of a small residence in Naples. It had been bestowed upon them by the brother of St. Alphonsus, so that they might have a home of their own, where they could break the journey when passing through the city from one mission to another. Father Margata, the procurator-general of the congregation, shortly after the triumphant vindication of St. Gerard's character, was sent to take charge of this little house. He was a man of exceptional holiness. Well acquainted with the saint, he had written to him most kindly in his late trouble, and now he begged, as a special favor, that he might be given him as his companion during his stay in Naples. Yes, said St. Alphonsus, take him with you. It will be some compensation to him after the trials which he has borne so generously. Father Margata and St. Gerard, for some months, lived together at Naples, a life of wonderful sanctity. They were alone, and thus enjoyed the greater liberty to give full vent to their fervor in the heroic service of God. Understanding one another thoroughly, they used to exercise their ingenuity in discovering fresh means whereby they might spur each other on in the practice of virtue. Father Margata once asked Gerard what he had got ready for their dinner. The dinner which your reverence ordered this morning, was the smiling answer, that and nothing more. There was, it appeared, no dinner whatsoever prepared that day, for none had been ordered. The saint knew, doubtless, that Father Margata would be rejoiced to share his fast. However, it was not always with Father Margata that he had to deal. A lay brother, Francis Tertaglioni by name, was sent by his superiors to pay them a visit at Naples. The morning after his arrival, he and St. Gerard both went out. It was Gerard's duty to cater for the midday meal. Before he had as yet bought anything, he came upon a wretched huckster selling matches in the marketplace. Sad indeed was the story of want and misery that he poured into the sympathetic ears that were now open to his tale of woe. He was, so he declared, absolutely dying of hunger. For Gerard to empty his slender purse into the poor man's hands was the work of a moment. He accepted some of his wares in exchange for the money, and then bent his steps homewards, in all peace of mind. Meanwhile, Brother Francis had also returned to the house, and when Gerard appeared, he asked him at once what he had got for dinner. The servant of God replied with a sly glance, "'God is all that we need. We want nothing more.' "'That is all very well,' retorted Brother Francis impatiently. "'But how about the dinner?' Before him, on the table, lay the store of matches." "'What may those things be?' he continued in amazement. "'My dear brother,' answered Gerard, "'I am sure that we shall find them very useful.' He then told the story of his adventure in the marketplace. Poor brother Francis's discomfiture was complete. He was entirely disarmed, and he had not a word to say. Charity, we all know, is the queen of virtues, still. Try as he might, he could not help feeling that he needed his dinner badly enough. Soon Father Margotta joined them. St. Gerard told him at once all that had occurred, saying simply that in the absence of his superior, he had assumed his permission to give the poor man an alms. 
but said father margada noticing with some amusement the disconsolate appearance of brother francis tell us please what are we to have to eat to-day god will provide was the only reply that he received a few moments after there was heard a ring at the bell perhaps that is our dinner remarked father margada with a smile brother gerard and he went together to the door father margada had prophesied there before their eyes stood a servant with a basket full of eatables she had just been told by her mistress to take a present to the redemptorists though she merely knew them by name we may be sure that brother francis never forgot how god thus sent the seal of his divine approval upon saint gerard's charity during the first few weeks of his stay at naples the holy brother gave himself up without let or hindrance to the practice of prayer and contemplation his duties in a house being very slight the greater part of the day was at his own disposal father margotta said mass every day in the church of the oratorian fathers after mass gerard used to spend the whole morning hidden away in a corner generally stretched as though lifeless on the pavement he also visited with great assiduity any church in which the blessed sacrament was exposed for the forty hours adoration but throughout st gerard's life we see how irresistible was his attraction for works of charity this soon manifested itself at naples no great length of time had elapsed before he was well known in the city every day he was to be found in the public hospitals ministering to the sick after the example set him by his holy father st alphonsus in the lunatic asylums consoling the poor inmates with his sweet kindness in the big shops winning the hearts of the young men there employed to the love of our lord jesus christ great were the conversions that he thus effected and numerous were the sinners whom he led to the feet of father margotta that they might be absolved from their sins in the sacrament of penance as usual his sanctity was illustrated by the gift of miracles one of the most wonderful that he ever performed belongs to this period of his life it has been attested on oath by a large number of eyewitnesses standing one day by the bay of naples he noticed a great crowd of men and women they were rending the air with their piercing shouts of terror a storm had suddenly arisen with great violence a boat was on the point of sinking beneath the waves full of compassion for these poor people and relying upon the protecting arm of him who quelled the storm of old and caused saint peter to walk upon the face of the waters as upon solid earth gerard made the sign of the cross and then advanced unhesitatingly into the sea in the name of the most holy trinity thus did he adjure the frail craft which was going down before his very eyes stay while thou art i command thee at that moment the boat remained motionless gerard advanced seized it as he might have caught a lily floating upon the surface of the bay and brought it to the shore then in presence of the assembled multitude without his clothes being so much as wet he stepped out of the sea onto dry land the people in enthusiastic wonderment cried out a miracle a miracle gerard himself in his humility ran away as though he had committed some great crime and hid himself in a shop until nightfall when father margotta asked him afterwards how he had managed to draw in the boat he answered simply father to god all things are possible the renown of this miracle caused gerard to become known in every part of naples he could not appear in the streets without men and women calling out as he passed there goes the saint the saint who saved the boat the little redemptorist house was daily besieged by persons of all ranks eager to speak to the holy brother and obtain his advice on their troubles and difficulties but the more he was exalted among men the more earnestly did gerard set himself to discover fresh means of self-objection 
when he first went to naples he used sometimes alone sometimes with father margotta who seems to have been almost as greedy of humiliations as himself to mix with the beggars at the door of the oratory then with the other poor people he would ask an alms of the charity of the sons of saint philip this wonderful act of humility was of course forbidden directly it came to the ears of higher superiors at a distance but gerard soon found other means of advancing in holy humility thus one day on opening the door he received the following message the duchess of madaloni wishes to see brother gerard as he saw that the servant evidently did not know him by sight he replied in all seriousness i am afraid that i cannot bring you that brother to tell you the truth he is only a simpleton and a fool people as i find are strangely mistaken about him here at naples please tell the duchess so from me this lady had wished to see saint gerard that she might obtain at his hands the cure of a sick child when the servant brought back the answer that he had received she knew at once that it could have come from no other than the saint himself early the next morning she went to the church of the holy spirit where she knew that she would be sure to find saint gerard as soon as she saw him come in, she went up to him and begged of him to obtain from God the recovery of her child. "'There,' said Gerard, turning his eyes to the tabernacle, "'there dwells the giver of all good gifts.' "'It is from you, and from him,' replied the Duchess, "'that this grace on which I have set my heart must come.' Gerard bowed to her, and promised to pray for her child. The poor mother was still in the church when her maid came in quickly to tell her that the little girl had been suddenly cured." It was subsequently ascertained that the cure took place at the very moment when our saint had promised to recommend the child to God. Ladies living in the world were far from being the only persons to seek the help of St. Gerard. In Naples, as elsewhere, priests and religious vied with one another in the eagerness with which they strove to obtain his advice, until at last his superiors felt bound to interpose. It might be dangerous, even for Gerard, a lay brother by vocation, thus to be made the idol of a great city. Again, it was hardly conductive to the calm, which should pervade a religious house, that the little redemptorist residence should become a centre of attraction for crowds of eager visitors, anxious, even at the most inconvenient hours, to see the marvellous worker of miracles, with whose fame all navels was ringing. Accordingly, after a stay of about four months' duration in the capital, Gerard was, to his own great contentment, attached by St. Alphonsus to the house of Capacelli, and thus restored once more to the ordinary community life of a redemptorist lay brother. End of chapter 13